Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to My First Time, a mostly sexy sex podcast from Broadly. My name is Zing Sing. And don't get me wrong, it's not going through it and just being like, oh, we need to move this leg to the right and things like that. It's not like that. Thanks for sticking with us. Season two is looking hot, hot, hot. Hold tight for slave trainers, squirters and outdoor enthusiasts. But today, what's it like to have sex when you're in a wheelchair? I'm Kelly and this is the first time that I had sex after accepting my disability. If you're able-bodied, you've probably never thought about what sex is like for people with disabilities. Or more specifically, in the case of our next guest, if you're in an electric wheelchair. Kelly Perks Bevington is a businesswoman and disability blogger who's had her fair share of relationship ups and downs. The only difference is she had to do it on two wheels. My disability is spinal muscular atrophy type 3, which is a muscle wastage disorder. It means that I use an electric wheelchair on a daily basis. Um, My condition's been pretty stable since I was about 10 or 11 years old, and I've used an electric wheelchair since then. Before I was sort of 10, 11, I used to walk everywhere. I used to find it really hard to walk, but I was really sort of defiant. So I'd have a manual wheelchair and I'd end up walking around pushing it because I didn't want to be in it. Um, And I just really didn't accept myself as disabled, um, sort of try and do all the things that other kids do, um, just try and keep up with everybody else, really, even though I knew deep down that I couldn't, um, but I refused to kind of accept that. And then when I got my electric chair, I still tried to be sort of as independent as I could. And it actually made me maybe a little bit rebellious and, you know, doing things that I perhaps shouldn't do because I wanted to prove a point that I was normal in a way. Like having sex with people when I I shouldn't have been. I was I was young. I was trying to prove a point. And yeah, it wasn't a great thing to do, but it's hindsight. <laughs> I think the majority of it was kind of related to my disability because I went that extra mile to prove that I was, I suppose, normal uh, and to try and be accepted by my peers and stuff. Um, 
when really I should have just been myself and I found that out at a later date but it was just kind of yeah a bit of bravado and a bit of going OTT with everything really. I think it was just looking for attention and looking to feel kind of validated sexually because I wanted to be seen as sort of a sexual being not a disabled person so I was just looking for that attention sort of everywhere and anywhere really. Kylie had sex for the first time when she was 14. She had her own individual reasons for wanting to lose her virginity but let's face it nobody ever comes out of their teenage sex life thinking everything went perfectly. That person really didn't care about me and you know they say oh you know your first time should be with somebody that you love and things and that never happens really well it rarely happens but I think afterwards I just kind of looked at myself and thought why did I rush into it just to prove a point to other people and I think the fact yeah that person didn't care about me and it was just not the romantic sort of first time that most people expect the equivalent of a one night stand but for your first time and it's just like why did I just do it to get it over with and just I should have yeah I should have waited till I actually cared about somebody. I look back now and I think, wow, that's really young. And I think, oh, my God, like, if you look at a person that age, you just they're just a kid, basically. I was just a mess. And I think I just didn't know at all anything about myself until I was a lot older. And I wish, yeah, I'd have just known that I would accept myself, I would accept my disability, and I should just wait and, and just wait till everything comes naturally. Because I think that's the one thing I've noticed, just leaving my life to kind of fate and natural progression it all works out in the end and I was trying to force so much stuff and take control of my life when I really didn't need to because I was just so young. Kelly's now approaching 30. She's married, she has a kid, she's come a long way from her reckless teenage years but the only thing that hasn't changed is the prejudice she faces from other people especially when it comes to dating. I think that a lot of people sort of view people with disabilities and their relationships as really juvenile and it's like oh you've got a boyfriend like oh that's sweet or whatever but you know it's just a normal relationship and I always used to get that especially when I was younger like I'm just remembering a few experiences but I was once at a nail bar just getting my nails done and um and this woman that was doing my nails, she was like, oh, have you ever kissed somebody before? And I was, I think I was about 17. And I was like, wow, is this how people view me? And and then I think that gave me a bit of a complex from there as well. And it, it just enhanced what I was doing at the time, which, yeah, wasn't great. Um, but that used to frustrate me that people used to see me as sexless and juvenile. And like, if I had a boyfriend, it was like, holding hands and walking around a park, it wasn't, you know, anything to do with sex. Being in a wheelchair makes you kind of an easy target, which is really sad. And I never really saw that at the time. I probably just thought, oh, I'm really like good looking or whatever. But I think it was just like a lot of people sort of came to me because they thought that, yeah, I was trying to prove something and that I was an easy target for sex. So I kind of put myself in that position. But at the time I sort of thought, it's just because they like me, but perhaps I was just the first choice because it was the easiest thing to do. I don't know. I think I was just viewed as an easy target because they thought that I'd want the attention, which at the time was true, and that it didn't matter what they look like or behave like. I should be sort of grateful for that attention. 
And I think I thought I was being kind of strong and defiant, uh, which is the messed up thing because it's like I thought I was taking control, but actually I was putting myself into stupid situations, like dangerous situations as well. Like there have been times where I've... Well, I have to trust these people because I can stand. I can't walk. I can't get myself up from a low surface or anything like that so I was trusting these people to help me up and down and make sure that I was okay like it wasn't the time when we had like phones on tap and things I was putting myself in really serious situations but at the time I was thinking this is normal and I was like asking for help from people that I didn't know so yeah looking back on it it feels quite serious. As you can tell Kelly is pretty much an open book when it comes to her dating life But one of the first questions that comes up with people is, is she attracted to other people with disabilities? When I was of that age and going through everything I was going through, I wouldn't even talk to another disabled person um, because I was so conscious of my own disability and also like being viewed as... It's it's weird because my brother's in a wheelchair as well, my middle brother, and we used to go places together and people would say to us, oh, are you in a relationship? Or, oh, are you um, here on a day trip? Like, and things like that. And it just used to make me really conscious. So I used to think, oh, if I've got disabled friends, they're going to think that I just only hang out with disabled people. And it was crazy. Like, now I've got so many friends that are disabled and some of the best friends that I've got I've connected with through doing work with charities around disability and trying to promote awareness to young kids that being disabled is absolutely fine and normal. And I wish I'd known that when I was younger. Um, But I was just so conscious of my own image that I just probably missed out on a lot of bonds and friendships and relationships that I could have had, really, which is quite sad. So it kept coming up in season one, the idea that people have more than one first time. And the same thing was true for Kelly. The real turning point for me was when I went to college um, and I met, who is now my husband, um, and my good friends. Um, They were all guys and we were a really close, like, group of mates and they kind of gave me, like, the validation that I needed, not from a sexual point of view, just from a, you know, you're a really cool person and we like being with you and we see you as completely normal. And I kind of needed that to accept myself, like that good group of friends I mean at high school you kind of have people you're in a class with but they don't really know you and nobody's themselves because they're so scared of what other people are going to think but I think it was when I opened up and people accepted me and we just used to hang out and have a great time that I started to accept myself and value myself a little bit more um but yeah, my, my husband, Jazz, um, we did meet at college and, and he was part of that little group. And I think sexually with him, I just felt like I could be myself um, and start that kind of relationship where I kind of accepted who I was a little bit more. The first time we hooked up, it was kind of, it was just a hookup. And we, like I said, we were friends, like best friends, but it just felt different. Uh, I didn't feel embarrassed to ask for anything that I needed in terms of help, like standing, things like that. It just felt natural. We always say with our relationship, it's all been natural progression and that's what it felt like. It felt like we were both on a level and we knew each other really well. And it was just completely different from any of my other experiences. When you are disabled, for me anyway, like anything is possible. It's just a case of talking about it and figuring out a different way to do things. 
maybe not a non-conventional way of doing stuff but I think that's the best thing about mine and Jazz's relationship is we'll just be completely open and honest with each other and just sort of say yeah we want to do this how should we figure that out and and it always seems to work whether you're able-bodied or disabled I think if you talk about sex and you talk about what you want it's it's better than just sort of beating it around the bush and and just waiting for things to happen it's great to talk about things and I think it does add to it and don't get me wrong it's not like we're just going through it and just being like you know oh we need to move this leg to the right and things like that it's not like that but it's kind of we have a conversation before and if we wanted to do something new but we're kind we've been married like three years now so we pretty much know everything that we need to know about each other which always helps as well (laughs) in the past it was like the biggest aspect and I used to push that so much into conversation because it's like yeah this is what I can do and it's I'm normal and I think also like in terms of dating and stuff jazz wasn't the first serious relationship I had because we were like really good friends before and I think I did put myself in situations with people that if I had that respect for myself I wouldn't have necessarily dated I think I was just looking for after I went through the whole sort of more promiscuous phase I think I was looking for then the oh let's settle down and have a relationship phase and it was perhaps with people that I didn't click with or we had nothing in common or I didn't really even like that much I think I was just looking for that normality of a normal relationship uh, with an able-bodied person and it's great now that I've got it with jazz and we actually do connect and disability doesn't really come into the equation at all. For Kelly, sex is pretty much the same for a woman with disability as it is for an able-bodied woman. There are practical considerations but Kelly feels pleasure, desire, emotional connection, all of the good stuff. Still, it seems there's always going to be people trying to judge you inside and outside the bedroom. People assume he's my carer all the time, even now. Like, we're walking around sometimes with our son and people are like, whose baby is that? And it's like, for one, who would give you a newborn baby just to walk around the streets with? <laughs> like, it's crazy that people would assume that you're more likely to have someone else's kid than it to be your own kid. Yeah, just silly things like checking into hotels. We used to be put into rooms with twin beds all the time. And it's just like, ask me you know if you've got this in your head I'd rather you ask me than assume that yeah Jazz is my carer or you know anything like that or we're just friends and I couldn't possibly have a relationship with somebody who is able-bodied there was this one disabled room and it had like a king bed and like a little twin bed on the side and we just made like a gigantic bed out of it. Kelly's now in a loving relationship and they've got a kid together Now, we've not talked a lot about babies on the podcast. For most people, it's the last thing on their mind when they jump into bed with each other. But Kelly's own experience of having children was actually pretty great. The experience was great as a whole. Like when I was pregnant, I was so worried because there aren't that many cases of people with my disability having kids. Not very well documented cases anyway. So I was really scared about what was going to happen and... You know, would it worsen my disability? Would it hurt me? Would it, you know, I didn't know anything. And I was asking questions to people, to doctors, and they didn't know anything because every case of my condition is so different from person to person. They literally had no kind of case study or, yeah, this is going to happen to you. But I was surprised to find that it was really easy and I didn't suffer with any pain or anything throughout my pregnancy. 
it only, I suppose, was difficult because I had to have an emergency C-section in the end, which uh, which wasn't great because I went through all of labour as well, um, which wasn't ideal. But the whole process of actually being pregnant and stuff was was fine. I think it's just the, like I said before, like the misconceptions and things now I've got mace. It's like people are always reluctant to hand him over to me if they don't know my ability and he's my son I'm not going to drop him I'm not going to hurt him you know it always feels like everybody even sort of health visitors people like that all look to jazz straight away and be like you deal with the situation and and then I just kind of feel like well you know why why not me I looked after him for nine months and I'm very capable you know you don't know what I need or what I can do and it's kind of those new things that I've noticed since having him that have been quite hard for me to deal with. Kelly's story is pretty inspiring not just for women with disabilities but for able-bodied women too. How many of us have had to overcome our own insecurities and learn to accept ourselves and find love maybe while battling the outside judgment of other people? Kelly's story is inspiring not because it's exceptional, but just because it's so relatable. Like everybody, disabled or able bodies has got their own insecurities and you just need to kind of accept yourself and get yourself to that stage where you're just ready to be you and then people will come to you. <laughs> like, you'll meet that person. It sounds so cliche, like when you accept yourself, you will meet someone, but... In my case, it's true. Once I knew who I was and sort of accepted myself, I met, don't want to sound like corny, but my soulmate. Um, And I think that people just worry too much about when they should be doing things, like hitting the milestones in life. And I think if you just sort of relax and just sort of relinquish control, then I think it just happens. Thanks for listening to My First Time, a podcast from Broadly. My name is Zing Sing. I'm the UK editor at Broadly. This episode was produced by Sam Bonham. If you're into what we're doing, give us a review on iTunes. Five stars, please. See you next week. <laughs>